Well, thanks everyone for being here. We've been talking about um, passage found in Galatians chapter 5 for a couple of months now. And Brother Dusty introduced that section. There's a, there's a big college word called juxtapose. And that's what Paul is doing here in Galatians chapter 5. He's, and juxtapose means to take two things, bring them alongside one another, and compare them. And that's exactly what Apostle Paul's been doing here as he writes to the Galatians. He's been taking these works of the flesh, and he's been, he's been juxtaposing them against the fruits of the Spirit. And when he does that and he compares them at the end, he says, we are to crucify, we're to kill, we're to put aside the works of the flesh, and we're to live a Christian life based on the fruits of the Spirit. Brother Matt uh, assigned me to talk about um, and such like. I, I was talking before the services um, with Doyle, and I said, well, it's, a, it's the end of the works of the flesh, and it says and such like. So I get to talk about all the works of the flesh and then more. And he said, well, you ought to be good at that. You know about them. And that's, that's probably true of all of us, right? We've all fought against and worked hard against the works of the flesh. And when we look at Galatians chapter 5, we, we won't read that, but it's in uh, verses 19 to 21. It says the works of the flesh, and it's got a long list. It says adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and then it ends with and such like. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Is why, why did he put, he's got a pretty lengthy list there, why did the Apostle Paul need to add and such like? You know, there's other lists in the Bible as well. There's many lists. In Romans chapter 1, very similar list. Many of the same words, many of the same sins that it talks about in Galatians chapter 5. And it says at the end of this list, those who practice such things deserve death. So again, a very broad application or a very, in contractual language, we would call it a catch-all phrase. It's like, hey, I've got all of this other stuff I've listed in the contract, and then I'm just going to throw this catch-all phrase in at the end in case I forgot something. But that's not what the, well, that's kind of what it is. But I think as we study this, we'll find out that it's, it's probably that and a lot more. And there's similar thoughts in the Bible as well. When we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, abstain from every form of evil. Well, that's a, that's a big, that's a phrase that has a lot of meanings, right? When you think every form of evil, evil takes a lot of different forms. But we're to abstain from every form of evil. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Apparently there's a lot of different malices out there, and we, we need to not have any of them. It's a very broad language. Colossians chapter 3 and verses says, put, So put everything evil out of your life. And then it goes on to give us a, another list of things that are evil. <clears throat> the Bible's just full of lists. Some of the lists are good lists. The fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 that he juxtaposes against the works of the flesh. Good lists. <clears throat> First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 5 says, I meant you 
must not associate with people who claim to be believers but continue to live in sin. Another broad terminology. He says don't even eat with them if they are uh, sexual sins, greedy, worshiping idols, abusing others with insults, getting drunk or cheating people. Don't, don't even associate with those um, kind of folks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Surely you know that people who do wrong will not get to enjoy God's kingdom. Don't be fooled. These are people who will not get to enjoy the kingdom. Those who sin sexually, those who worship idols, those who commit adultery, men who let other men use them for sex or have sex with other men, those who steal, those who are greedy, those who drink too much, those who abuse others with insults, and those who cheat. More lists, more broad conceptual lists. I was uh, talking to Brother Michael about this um, sermon, and he turned me on to this verse in uh, 1 Corinthians that I think starts to put kind of a bow on this idea or this concept for us. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meats and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that, that followed them and that rock was Christ. Are those words moving for y'all too? Um, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our example, to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. It goes on to say later on that not all, now all these things happened to them for in samples. So it talks about what happened in the Old Testament, all those things, they were examples for us to learn from. And he uses this word intent. So it's, it's, it's more than just lists. There's, there's, the, there's the intent of the lists. They're, they're, they're broad. They're, there's, so think about this. If God had to list, I started to say at one point this would be impossible, but we all, we'd all know that nothing's impossible with God. But if God had to go through the dictionary of the English language and highlight every word that was a sin, and then he had to go through every word of the Egyptian language and highlight every word that was sin, because they don't all cross over, and then he had to go to every German, every and it, futile effort. What he did was he created some lists for us and he said, and such things. And then he teaches us how to discern good from evil. He gives us a Bible full of examples, and he gives us a Bible full of content, and he points to the bad stuff, and he said, that's bad, and he points to the good stuff, so that's good. And he helps us build a Christian character that can discern good from evil. I mentioned there's good lists. There's this list in Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, think about the broadness of whatsoever things are true. That's not just truth. That's whatsoever things are true. This is a very broad list. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, what are lovely and good report, virtue praise, think on these things. So let me give you a specific example, and Brother Michael helped me with this one as well. Think about the um, list of requirements for elders. 
So there's a list for requirements in elders in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Exhaustive list, and we'll look at them. Later on in that chapter, there's a list of, of uh, requirements for deacons, and later on in, or in, in Titus, there's another list of requirements. So Paul, as he was writing to these two evangelists, gave them some lists and said, hey, go out and um, find men that meet these requirements. So here's 1 Timothy chapter 3. Here's the list. I won't read all of those. Blameless husband and one wife. But this is the list. This is what he says elders are. Everybody, so Brother Doyle, go ahead and look at that and compare me to that. Okay. And then in uh, Titus, we have another list. And I didn't compare word for word because the words are different to, to make sure that the meaning was or wasn't different. But these words show up almost identically in Titus. But the ones that aren't checked don't show up on the list in Titus. And then Titus has got this list that don't show up over in Timothy. So why two lists? Because it means and such things. <laughs> Right? It's saying these, these aren't really requirements. These are characteristics. This is a, this is a, he's describing a life. And if you use either list, you'll get the right person to fulfill that office. He's talking about characteristics, the way that the, 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 the man is put together, the way he thinks. And either list will work. Or both lists put together will work. Because and such things. So, number one, the, when these lists aren't meant to be exhaustive, it's not a list of every possible sin. That wasn't the design. Number two, <clears throat> the list gives, just gives us basic ideas of things that are sinful or things that are wrong for us to live. And we have to look at each one of these words individually, and we've been doing that for the last couple of months. We've been looking at each word individually. But then we holistically look at that group of words and we go, that's the fruits of the Spirit. That's who I want to be. And we holistically look at the works of the flesh and we say, that's who I don't want to be. Those are the things I want to avoid. I want to know what each one of mean individually and then collectively I want to put together the character of the person I either want to be or don't want to be. That's the purpose of and such like at the end. So let's walk through a couple of examples, maybe some that we can look at and, and, and maybe we can start to understand what the, the, how the New Testament maybe teaches us a little different than what the Old Testament did. So in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 20 it says thou shalt not kill. Just thou shalt not kill. Blank. Now it goes on later in the Old Testament and it describes if you're if you and a buddy are out chopping wood in the forest and your axe um, flies off the end and hits the other guy and kills him accidentally but you had no hate in your heart then you could flee to a city of refuge and you could be okay so that was their way of dealing with manslaughter when somebody got accidentally killed but for the most part just think murder is murder well galatians chapter 5 tells us exactly the same thing that's in that list that we looked at 
as works of the flesh. It's, it's, it's wrong. Still wrong in the New Testament, just like it was in the Old Testament. But then James comes along and throws this in. said, hating your brothers just like murder. Whoa. So in the, in the New Testament, we see God working on the inner person, the inner man, the inner woman, the heart. And he starts, he starts saying, hey, those were examples, but, but now we're going to make broader application of them, and we're going to start working on our character. We're going to start working on our heart. We're going to start working on the way we think and the way we feel about things in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, very prescriptive very binary, I's and O's, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. In the New Testament, let's talk about what's inside. Let's talk about what you're thinking. Let's talk about what's motivating you. Let's talk about your character and such like. There's a character example we find in Matthew chapter 19. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what, what thing? What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter in, into life, keep the commandments. So he points him back to the Old Testament and says, Keep the commandments. That was our example. Go keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt not do murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt honor father and mother. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. And the young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said, in him, said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all at the house, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So he had been doing, he'd been dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's from the Old Testament. But Jesus said, Hey, there seems to be some possessions that are kind of in your way. I'm looking in your heart, and you're holding on to some stuff. You're worshiping some things that, and we know that because he said he went away sorrowful, right? He's like, ooh, wow, that, I got pricked in the heart. That hurt. I've, I've got a decision to make. Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew his character, and he started working on his character, not just the X's and O's of the Old Testament. So, and such like means that we have to start discerning. We have to start making application to things that aren't mentioned specifically in the Bible, maybe right or wrong. So let's take dancing. What are you talking about, Christy? Are you a dancer? <laughs> let's take dancing. So in the Old Testament, in Ecclesiastes, and we've seen this, I saw this in the movie, it said there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. That was their argument before the school board in this movie in order to be able to hold a dance. It's, it's, that's what it says, there's a time to dance. They didn't emphasize time, they emphasized dance. There may be a time to dance. There may be a time when it's okay to dance. There may be others that aren't. So what we have to do is we have to say, okay, dancing. We got to put it, I had a scale on the first screen, right? With and such like. We've got to start, we've got to start discerning, well, when might dancing be okay? When might it not? Let me take that list that I find in Galatians chapter 5 and in other parts of the Bible 
and let me put dancing in the middle and let me say, okay, when, when does it fall as a work of the flesh and when might it fall as something that would be okay? Well, Galatians chapter 5 said these things. It says, don't commit any sexual sin. Don't uh, do anything that's morally bad. Don't do any kind of shameful thing. Don't get drunk and don't have wild parties. So there's already a couple of things that have narrowed down when I couldn't dance. I can't dance at parties and I can't dance where there's alcohol being served. Pretty straightforward. That's cut and dried X's and O's. But then we start applying a character. What about, what about sexual sin? What about sensational, sensu whatever that word is, sensualization, where you're, try you're exciting one another, right? That's what dancing primarily typically ends up doing, right? There's some, there's some draw there, typically. And so we start narrowing down the places and we go, well, if, if a husband or wife want to dance to a tune in their living room, probably okay. If you want to go do whatever that other movie was, Dirty Dancing, ain't going to make the cut. Now, there's going to be times when it's okay. There's going to be times when it's not. And we've got to discern what those times are. What about this, this one? On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for him and his group. Herod was very pleased with her. So he promised that he would uh, give her anything she wanted. Herodias told her daughter what to ask for, so she, asked, so she said to Herod, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on this plate. King Herod was very sad, but he had promised to give the daughter anything she wanted, and the people eating with Herod had heard his promise, so he ordered what she asked to be done. He sent his men to the prison where they cut off, the head, where they cut off John's head, and the men brought John's head on a plate and gave it to the girl. Then she took the head to her mother Herodias. That's the version in Matthew and Mark. It says not only was Herod pleased with her dancing, but all of the people that were there with him were pleased with her dancing. Now, I could suppose what kind of dancing she was doing to get a bunch of guys pleased, but I don't have any proof of that. Whatever it was, it was used for the wrong purpose. She got some guys really excited to the point that Herod, in one version, says, I'll give you anything you want up to half my kingdom. Just because she danced. I would suppose that would be a misapplication of Galatians 5 as to the proper way to dance. <clears throat> oh, there's the version in Mark. Herod and the people eating with him were very pleased. <clears throat> um, we talked about this a couple maybe three or four weeks ago when we talked about King Saul I just wanted this is the I think one of the last examples so King Saul in uh, 1 Samuel was ordered to, uh, ordered to go and utterly destroy the Amalekites most of us remember the story most of us were here three or four weeks ago but he goes and he destroys the Amalekites but he kind of missed that word utterly they were t he was told to destroy every man, woman, child, beast, everything. Well, he brings back some spoils, right? He brings back the king, and he brings back some of the, some of the flocks. And Samuel speaks to God that night. Samuel speaks to him when he comes in, and, and, and uh, then he speaks to God that night. And God lets Samuel, the prophet, know that he's not pleased with what Saul did. He's not pleased at all. And, and when he, um, 
So he rebukes uh, Saul through Samuel. And we talked about this verse specifically uh, uh, when we talked about idolatry. But here it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, they had been taught very specifically that witchcraft was bad. They had been taught very specifically that idolatry was bad. And here, God does uh, and such like to them. He says this sin of rebellion is like witchcraft. It's, it is as. And stubbornness is like idolatry. And we talked a couple of weeks ago how those things were similar and how that we were misplacing our trust that we're placing it on ourselves or we're placing it on sorcery or we're placing it on something other than God. And it, it violates the very first commandment that nothing comes between us and God in both New Testament and Old Testament that's taught to us. So we have to be able to look at a sin that he has told us and, and, and make a, a broader, wider application we have to be able to discern um, because you're not going to find Netflix in the Bible. You're not going to find Facebook in the Bible. You're not going to find some of this other stuff up here specifically mentioned in the Bible. You're going to have to discern. You're going to have to make judgments on these things as to whether they're right or wrong. How you date. How you show up at work. All these things. So what do we need to know in order to be able to do that? Well, number one, you've got to understand God's Word. You've got to understand all those lists and more to be able to properly discern His Word. And, and here's the biggest one and the hardest one for type A's, type A personalities. What's your attitude towards subjection to God's will? Because here's what happens. We look at those lists and we start even if we're doing what we're supposed to, okay, here's my list, here's my good, here's my bad, and, and here's the thing I'm considering doing, we start rationalizing how that's not really a work of the flesh. Hey, it's not really going to hurt anything. And what we're doing in that moment is we're saying, I really want to do it, and I don't really want to be under subjection of my Lord right now. Which is exactly what King Saul did. His own pride and his own stubbornness and his own rebellion caused him to lose his kingdom. And that's exactly that's exactly what Galatians chapter five says will happen to us. After that long list, it says you're not gonna you're not gonna go to heaven if you're doing these things. So it's imperative vital that we discern and make proper applications. James says this, if you fail to do what you know is right, you are sinning. So 
don't think that you can rationalize it away in your head because God knows what you were thinking when you were rationalizing it away. He knows you knew it was wrong, but you tried to rationalize it to make it right so that you could go do it. That's, that's, that's sin. So, we have the works of the flesh. And we have the fruits of the Spirit. And we have this tug of war that's going on. Dusty drew a tree. I drew a rope. It doesn't, it doesn't, we're, we're, we're tug, it's tugging in our, in, inside of us. We're creatures of the flesh. We want, we, we just naturally want to do those things. In our head, somehow, we think they're fun. They're cool. There's what everybody else is doing. Got all this peer pressure. And then we look at the works of the, the fruits of the Spirit and we go, yeah, okay, um, Michael's going to talk about kindness in a couple of weeks. I'll try to be kind to people. I'll, I'll try. But man, I sure would like to go to that party. Man, I sure would like to. So what we've got to do is we've got to put this on a scale. And we've got to properly discern. And we said the way we were going to do that is what? We've got to know what God's will says. And if we're digging into God's will to find out whether it's right or wrong, that's, that, that, that's awesome. And if we do that all of the time, the rationalization starts fleeing from us. The, the works of the flesh start fleeing from us because we're in God's word. We're building a relationship with our Lord. We're building a relationship with Almighty and we're thinking about heaven. We talk about, we talk about setting the goal, setting the yonder star, setting whatever you want to call it. Set your affections on things above. We start doing that, then the works of the flesh start meaning a whole lot less to us. And they start fleeing from us. That's my lesson of the morning to you. And such like. So as you, as you think about the lesson and you think about what's going on in your life, there, if, the, if the church can help you in any way, we'll stand and we'll sing a song. If you'd like, to, if you'd like prayers, if there's something, works of the flesh that we're struggling with that we'd like prayers about. If, um, if you haven't been baptized, you'd like to become a member of the Lord's body, we can do that today as well as we stand and sing the song that was selected.